Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Where can you find the best tasting authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salads, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit Sweet Island Vibes.com. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Rating Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. The, the Cool Shop. shop. Hey, uh, know where the action is? Where are you from? San Diego. Hey, good looking. We've got something for you. Hey, oh, oh. Right. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> and that's just a preview, baby. Hey, where are you going? Wherever the action is. What's under your hood? Enough. Uh, want to run? This guy wants to run. Someone get Billy. Fifty bucks, sucker. This is high rider country. Don't be coming around here with some slow-ass firebird expect to run with us. You could just lose it all. Pink slip and everything. Hey, you were lucky. Just because you got those words on your back doesn't mean you know your ass from grass. You better tell your old lady to watch your mouth. The high riders own these streets. Nobody beats us. And nobody's as smart ass to us, get me? Listen, high rider. You think you're so good? How much you got on you, fatso? You gonna sit there and let her talk to me like that? You are responsible for her, you know. I asked you a question, High Rider. How much money you got on you? Why don't you have the balls to run that hunk of bull's cougar up against us for some real money? I just beat your ass easy. You want to run again, it's okay by me. Here's, uh, 
500 plus your 50. Is that too steep for you? Uh-uh, that's so. Oh, I think we can cover that. I palm under the hood. I think Lynn's giving me all the barrels now. Don't you? Ain't nothing gonna help you, sucker. Same course? It's right. Suckers a high rider. Relax, Fatso. This is the first time for everything. Come on, we had a fair run, so pay up your back. All right, the bread's in the car. Come on, man, it's in your pocket. On nostalgic cars and radios. It's no, it's nostalgic radio and cars. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey, this is Jimmy Shine from SoCal Speed Shop and the host of Car Warriors. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google, TanTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, and if you've missed any of our past shows, go to our podcast, which is Nostalgic Radio and Cars, where you can listen to all our past shows. Hey, you know what? We've got a great show for you tonight. This is a spectacular week for all you guys that are car guys. Hey, guess what? You know, Meekums is going on this week. Meekums Auto Auction in Kissimmee at, what's it called, Bobby? Osceola Heritage Park. That's right. And they've got 3,000 cars that they're going to be going through there and some amazing collections of superstar cars. And guess what? We have a special treat for you guys this evening. We have with us tonight on the radio the color commentator and everybody's best friend, and you see him on TV live, John Kramer. John, are you there? Hey, I am here, and we have got Meekum Kissimmee really revved up about halfway through the auction, and it looks like we're going to have another record year. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. So how you been the past year? It's been a year since I talked to you last, although I've seen you at a couple other auctions, so how you been? Yeah, it's been great. We had for our 2016 schedule, we had 13 collector car auctions for 2017. We've pushed it ahead a little bit. We're going to have 14 collector car auctions in 2017. Of course, kicking off with the world's largest here at Kissimmee this week. And the new one we're going to be adding is Las Vegas in November. Never been there before. Really? Las Vegas in November? Now, let me ask you a question. SEMA is generally the first weekend in uh, November at Las Vegas. So are you going to kind of like tailgate that a little bit? Yeah, we're going to be a couple of weeks after SEMA, and we are going to be located at the same location that SEMA does, the beautiful uh, Las Vegas Convention Center. So we really have a, a first-class venue 
for the Mecham debut there in, in Las Vegas. We actually have the world's largest vintage motorcycle auction. That's coming up here in a couple of weeks. That's also in Las Vegas, so we're familiar with it, and we want to take our, we want to take our cars, uh, you know, car auction there as well. Super. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned Las Vegas. So how many cars are you going to have at that auction? Uh, normally, when we sort of target and set up a new auction, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to attract anywhere between 600 and 1,000 cars. We're, we're sizing it at this time at 1,000, um, but, you know, it's going to just depend on the luck of the draw. We don't know. We have never been there before, and uh, we don't know what, what kind of a regional draw we'll have or if we'll strictly be, you know, handling kind of the sellers from the local Las Vegas area. We'll find out. We'll find out. Interesting. Okay. Looking forward to it. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, normally, this time of year, you guys are like in the third week or so, like you're right after Scottsdale Collector Car Week. And generally, the first week, you guys have a motorcycle auction. So now, you didn't do the motorcycle auction, but your schedule worked out that you guys are actually kicking off the Collector Car Auction, let's say, uh, movement for the year, 2017. So uh, how'd that all come about? Well, I'd like to say that it was strategy on our part, but it wasn't. It is strictly venue availability, and Osceola Heritage Park has become our home for our annual Kissimmee, Florida auction, and uh, it was strictly a matter of availability. The good news is we're able to push our motorcycle auction. Uh, we're, we're able to move that date in Las Vegas to make that work as well. That'll be four days and 1,000 motorcycles, and that also is going to be televised on NBCSN. we got a heck of a TV schedule coming up this year also. You know, with all these uh, auctions going on, you have got to be clearly one of the biggest, busiest color commentators in the auction world that I can think of. Well, I appreciate that, but that's actually kind of kind of my part-time role. My full-time job is a full-time Mecham employee in the Mecham corporate offices in, in uh, Balmy, I mean that very sarcastically, Walworth, Wisconsin, uh, where I have a uh, eight-to-six daily job, and uh, Frank Mecham and I co-manage the consignment department, handling the 15,000 consignments that we put up as a target for each year. And when, we're, when we arrive on site... We all kind of switch hats and take a role. I'm just fortunate enough to be now starting my 10th year as the commentator analyst as part of our television uh, production. Needless to say, for you know a hardcore car guy like a lot like you and a lot of your listeners, I'm the guy that gets to get out there and call the action, uh, action on it. And it's it's uh, it's a job I take seriously and a job I take a lot of pride in. Well, the thing I like about you is it's clear that you're a car guy and you've had some interaction with these cars over the years. You know, a lot of times you get commentators and they, you know, they, they basically read the text. But you guys and your co- your partner there, like, what was his, what's his name? The guy that you... Scott Hoke, my co-host, yeah. Yeah, Scott. You guys kind of banter back and forth and it's kind of, you keep it interesting. You keep it going. And that's, that's what makes the show interesting. You can talk about the cars. You can talk about the nuances, some of the unique things about the cars, features, relate your own experience. So that's, that, that makes it real. I appreciate that very much. I like to try to weave in a little bit, being a typical baby boomer, uh, like a lot of the client base and a lot of the viewers that watch our show. I'll try to weave in a little bit of pop culture as well. I'm a kind of a kind of a you know history buff, 50s, 60s, 70s, and if I can kind of weave that in there as well. But ultimately, you know, ultimately it's about the cars and it's about the auction. Keep in mind that our our telecast and the auctions both are extremely long. A typical Mecham auction is going to start with the first car at 10 o'clock and go till about 8 p.m. We won't cover that much as part of our broadcast, but over the next four days, beginning tomorrow, 
uh, on site, we're going to begin either a combination of live broadcasting and also taping for either same-day delay or next-day delay, a total of 24 hours over the next four days. So that's, you know, that's a pretty hefty average, six hours a day average that we're going to be doing, all of it unscripted, all of it unrehearsed, all of it just exactly live. Any mistakes and hiccups are all there for everybody to see, so it keeps us on our toes. <laughs> How much preparation do you do? Well, I, I, don't want to sound, I don't want to sound arrogant because I'm not. Uh, I don't do any. It's literally a matter of the, our, our producer who started uh, our production company ten, 10 years ago, Terry Lingner is his name, um, told me as a total non-experienced television guy, never did TV before, I'm the guy, like a lot of people, a lot of people listening, maybe even yourself, Robert, where you'll sit and you'll watch televised auction shows or any type of a car show and critique what the commentators are saying, looking for errors. How is that guy the armchair quarterback? <laughs> never dreaming in a million years, number one, I'd work for an auction company, or number two, it would be me in the hot seat. So the producer told me, he said, John, all you have to do as a commentator analyst, is sit back and talk cars. And that's where the light went off the top of my head. Cars are on the block for a couple, couple two, two and a half minutes. There's enough tidbits and fill I can do in that. And, of course, you know, give room for the other guys to make comments as well that I don't need to do any studying or advance. Now, I'm familiar with a lot of the cars being, being you know, helping to run the consignment department. I'm familiar with a lot of the inventory. But as far as taking notes, sitting down, studying, having a computer in front of me, any, you know, crib notes or, you know, tidbits, nothing. I just sit back and talk cars. That's uh, that's pretty good. That, that shows you knows a lot about cars, and, and you're the car guy. The two guys that uh, you see on the floor, now my son and I will be up there tomorrow, so we'll stop by and make sure we say hi to you and everything oh, like that. Oh, cool, yes. And um, and and probably maybe later next uh, you know within the next couple of days as well. But so the two guys that you have uh, that are walking the stage and they're walking around with a video camera and stuff like that. Now wh- where do they fit into the thing? Is that a different telecast because the thing is live, and then you have these guys in the background going um, doing their commentary as well. So kind of break that down for us. They're floor reporters, and their role really is is to do whatever the production team needs them to do outside of the basic, you know, introduction of the car and then giving some tidbits of the car. They may go three or four segments and not have any commentary because they're out looking at cars for a preview, interviewing uh, people for a potential interview or a story. So they're floor reporters. We have Scott Oak is the host. I'm the commentator analyst, and we've got two floor reporters, Stephen Cox, Bill Stevens. All of us have been together for 10 years. And also very proud to say that for the season 2017, 18, and 19, we've just signed a three-year extension with NBCSN. We're on, we're on for three more years guaranteed, and we are starting our 10th season as an announced team together. Pretty cool. Wow. Now, here's a question that everybody's asking me, and then I want to get into some of the collections you've got going on. Sure. I'm, I'm a huge Superstock fan, okay? Um, oh, 60s yeah. car guy. So, but people want to know and this, and, and I, I'm an appraiser. Okay, so I mean, as a dealer, I buy and sell and deal in classic and antique cars and parts. But also, I do appraisals, and I get this question all the time. We were at an all Ford show in Orlando or in uh, Ocala this weekend at Silver Springs for National Parts Depot, and uh, so values. Where is the market going? So, you give us your take on it. Well, I'm going to give you two very short answers. Let's take the. Let's take what's the star, the main attraction of this auction, the in, in 
intense variety of vintage, authentic factory drag race cars, somewhere in the, in the vicinity of 50. Having two or three at one auction would be a lot. Let's set that one aside for now and just talk about, generally speaking, the state of the collector car market. Right now, it's very stable. It's fairly predictable on relatively common cars. The super ultra-rare, the one-of-a-kinds, those are, those are a lot more difficult to put your finger on the pulse of. But we know this auction started last Friday, so we already know that we are about $2.5 million ahead in sales of where we were at last year the same time which was a record year, $93 million in sales at this auction last year. The year before that, it was $78 million. We're hoping to hit $100 million in sales at this auction. But here's the big, gigantic question mark. What are going to be the value of these factory-built drag race cars? And frankly, we don't know. On many of the cars, we have published an auction estimate based on a few examples that we can cite as comparables, dialogue, obviously, with the consigners, and just kind of putting some numbers out there. Whether or not we'll achieve and hit those targets, we don't know. Whether or not the sellers are going to kind of take what the market will bear, these sellers typically are 70, 75-year-old guys that have been involved with these cars for about the past 20, 25 years. Will the new generation of buyer embrace these cars, or will they just kind of look at them, think they're cool, and kind of go look at collector cars in a different direction? In a few days, man, we are going to find out. Well, yeah. Now, you got, what, five, I think four or five private collections of Superstock cars. So tell us a little bit about, you got the, is it Don Fizel? Is that how you pronounce it? Fizel, yeah, that's exactly how, I, how, how it's pronounced. Fizel really is, is regarded as the top drag race collector in the, in the world. He's still a current drag racer. In fact, he's still their record holder uh, in his uh, Cobra Jet Superstock Mustang. He's still very active today, owned a chain of grocery stores up in Pennsylvania. And his collection of vintage, factory-built drag race cars, loosely known as the lightweight cars, is unparalleled for 1963 Chevy Impala Z11s. Four, only 50 were built. He's got four of them, including the holy grail of all of the factory-built cars. The old reliable, the car uh, that was driven by Dave Strickler, won 90% of its races in 1963 before GM put their foot down and ended that program. Both Pontiac and Chevrolet from GM were building some of the most competitive NASCAR and drag race cars, and GM just said we're no longer going to be competing uh, in motorsports. They put their foot down. They ended it. Uh, Ford and Mopar, of course, took off, and the rest is history. <laughs> um, you've got the uh, Jackie and Gary Runyon collection, and he has yep. some uh, FX yep. cars, AFX cars. Yep, and it's not, it's not only about stock and super stock, but it's also about the 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 precursor to the funny car that that we all know today the altered wheelbase cars and mm-hmm. NHRA called them AFX for factory experimental and these cars are typically very heavily modified lightweight altered wheelbase and uh we've got some of those some of the most legendary and famous of of those cars as well coming out of another collection uh, as you'd mentioned, Jackie and Gary Runyon, husband and wife team, both very active in uh, collecting. And needless to say, not only are we excited, but also very proud and gratified to once again be able to bring the cream of the crop, world's best collector performance cars to the market. Last year, 
We had um, Monumental Muscle along with uh, the Wayne Schmeckley Collection, fantastic success the year before that, Tim Wellborn Museum Collection. And what that does is these sales of these collections draws more draws more collections, and we're seeing it this year. Last year, my big concern was, how are we going to top this? We've topped it. With 2017, it's not over yet. It goes through Sunday. But how are we going to top it for 2018? I think we'll do something. Let me ask you this. Now, let's say, for example, I'm a Don Fazal or I'm a Jackie and Gary husband and wife team, you know, uh, or I'm Jonathan Krantz or somebody like that. Yep. How do you – I call you. I say, hey, John – uh, I've got this collection of cars. I'm getting up in age. I'd really like to sell these cars as a package. W- help me sell them. Which auction do you recommend? Where do I take these cars? Because you guys, like you said, you've got all these auctions all across the country. you got Indy, which is a big one. you got Mecham, which is a big one. you got Chicago, which is a big one. Dallas. So how do you determine where these cars go? Well, that's interesting you say that because that's exactly the type of inquiry that we get is, is from that type of a person. Step one is what we do is, is we make an appointment, we travel at our expense to view the location or the, to view the collection in person, meet with the uh, potential consigner, and really put our finger on the pulse of what his collection is all about, what kind of a theme it's got, what his value expectations are, and just as importantly, and it kind of answers your question directly, what is his timeline? What is, is he anxious to do something now? Is he looking at two years down the road? Is he looking to do something later in the year? Do the cars need to be prepped for auction? Are they ready to go now? All of those go into a formula uh, for for a proposal, a recommendation, to bring cars to auction, but ultimately they're going to end up at one of what we consider to be our our national-level auctions, which we do have four of our 14 auctions we'll have this year, four are considered national events. Number one, Kissimmee. Number two, you mentioned it, our Indy auction. Number three is our Monterey, California auction, very strong on European exotics. And then finally, our Dallas auction. These are our four really big national auctions. The rest of our uh, auctions on our schedule are considered large regional auctions, and we'll put some good cars in there and do well. But these, but the, but the heavy hitters, the serious collectors, uh, that are going to come out and take a look at the groups like we've talked about these collections here at Kissimmee. These people are going to come to Kissimmee. They love coming here in the winter. They're bringing their family. They're doing all the all the attractions, and they're just you know they're living the whole Florida experience with this auction. The people that you work with, your team, okay, at Mecums. Now, like someone like you, 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 you mentioned Balmy, Wisconsin, <laughs> and if you want Balmy, you need to be here in August, okay? We got Balmy for you, okay? We epitomize Balmy. But do someone like you? Do you do, do do most of the people that are, let's say, like the full timers? Do they live up like within close proximity of Mecums at their headquarters up there, or do you, are you kind of scattered around the country a little bit? Here's kind of how it works. We've got about 100 full-time employees in the Mecham office. Uh, Walworth, Wisconsin is right on the Illinois-Wisconsin border. We're only about an hour north of the of the Illinois state line. Uh, and of that 100, about one-third of us, maybe 30, 35 of us, will actually travel to the auction venue and work the auctions. The remainder will stay on site because we're still working all the other auctions. So it's full, you know, full steam ahead back at the home office. But... It takes about 300 of us to run one of these auctions. So where do all these people come from? Kind of like what you said, scattered around the country, a lot of retired people, a lot of families, uh, a lot of, of um, fathers, uh, daughters, sons, 
they kind of buddy up on a room that way, saves us a little bit from a logistic standpoint and cost standpoint. And it's become such a culture to be part of this traveling road show that we really don't have trouble attracting really great, motivated, high-energy people that get what we do and are able to either take time off their regular jobs to be able to make this work, or the fact that they're on the road so much they can justify almost a full-time job just out of working for Mecham now. Ten semi-trailers completely filled to do a Mecham auction. When I started 10 years ago, we had a small trailer that we towed behind a van. That's how much we've grown. Wow. A small trailer behind a van. Where Where was the first auction held? Very first auction was 30 years ago this year. It was in Rockford, Illinois at the Greater Rockford Airport, and uh, it was called the Spring Classic, and we will be celebrating Dana Meekham's original Spring Classic 30 years later, uh, and that is our Indianapolis auction in May. Very strong on American muscle, very much on the same par as our Kissimmee, Florida auction is in regards to American performance. Wow. Uh, I noticed you got a bunch of parts going through this weekend. There's a collection of Ford stuff. There's some Chevrolet stuff. Tell us a little bit about that. we got a minute or two left, so... Yep, everything from A to Z as part of, particularly out of the Fazell collection, not only did he collect cars from all of the all of the Detroit three, the big three, uh, but he also collected parts as well. Uh, so there's a lot of rare engines, a lot of factory aluminum sheet metal, uh, transmissions, just all kinds of parts, around 700 of those um, lots. And they're actually selling before we start cars every day for a couple hours from about 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock every day we're selling uh, the the parts a little bit at a time. Also have a very strong online uh, bidding going for that as well. Offsite bidders that are bidding on the parts that don't need to be here to you know actually see the parts. So okay, Did, writing descriptions, you know, preparing your catalogs and stuff like that. Do you get involved in writing descriptions, or is that a is that a separate division? Not that much. The only writing that I do is I do a monthly column in our in our in our Mika monthly magazine called At the Red Line, mm-hmm. uh, and I have I, I can pick whatever and talk about whatever I want, which is really cool. But we have a staff of in-house and contracted writers. Some of the top automotive writers in the country write for us. And anybody go to Meekum dot com and look at our descriptions, particularly on our catalog segment cars. Mm-hmm. It's it is it is first class. I'm very proud of it. Interesting, interesting. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody um, how they can find out more about you, what the schedule is for this week, and and and, uh, and and parking and ticketing and all that kind of stuff real quick. Yeah, but good news is public is invited. We encourage people to come on out. Uh, auction location is Osceola Heritage Park in Kissimmee. The auction uh, will start tomorrow morning. Uh, the, the gates open at 8 o'clock every day. The first car will hit at 10 a.m. Tickets are 30 bucks. Kids 12 and under free. It's $8.00 to park, and it'll be full auction action all the way through, including this Sunday. It will be the best car show you will ever attend. I call it a car show with a pulse. Car show with a pulse. Well, John, and then the uh, Internet, uh, let's see, the, uh, did you, what's, the word, what's the word I'm thinking? My, my mind just went Social media. Website. The social media website, yes. Yeah, very active. Uh, Meekum.com is a very easy-to-use website for lots of information about Meekum and specifically the cars. And we're very active on all the social media platforms as well, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Uh, it's, this is a, we, are, we are really proud to be transitioning into getting a lot of social media activity. It's definitely wave of the future, and we're on board. 
That's super. Now, just off the side note here, you still playing guitar? Still, I think you had Jaguars or Jagmasters, right? Or Jazzmasters. Jazz yeah, good for you, man. Absolutely. Okay, and you and you have a band that you play with from time to time, and you still doing that, rock and roll? Yeah, yeah. Redline Seven Thousand Band dot com. Uh, check it out. We're a three piece classic rock band doing, well, do, doing the stuff of the era of the cars that we deal in here. It's definitely a lifestyle for me, and that's also a lot of fun. We get the chance to play about a half a dozen times a year, and I'm on guitar and vocals and got a lot of vintage uh, instruments, and that is also a lot of fun. Well, now, you know, I was going to set so you called just a hair early because I was going to set you up with little Dick Dale here, but that's okay. We'll have to do that the next time. Oh, man. I saw Dick <laughs> Dale live about six, seven years ago and maybe one of the best shows I've ever seen. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I, do, do I sense maybe a vintage collectible uh guitar auction maybe in Meekum's future with your influence maybe man what are you a mind reader it has been talked about needless to say i would be very uh very much for it nothing on the plans but that has been talked about and it was not my idea to bring it up so let's hold our breath and keep our fingers crossed okay i'll well, be there super well i just want to let you know i'm in the vintage guitars as well and then the end of the month here in orlando is uh, guitar expo so been to uh, that as well and that's a must to go to uh, event in fact it used to be used to run concurrently with uh, the same dates as our Kissimmee auction in years past and i was mm -hmm. always able to sneak over there and check that out but uh, the dates now we've gotten so much bigger the dates have switched around and and uh, not not going to be able to make it this year, but that is a fantastic event as well. Okay, well, I'll be thinking about you while I'm walking around or hanging out with Morty Backman and the guys. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> say hi to everybody for me. I appreciate it, man. I'll do that. Well, John, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. I want to thank my special guest, John Kramer, the color commentator for Meekum, and I guess you could say he's like one of the uh, consignment directors involved with uh, you know bringing all those great, fantastic cars to the forefront. So, uh, John, take care. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, guys, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Which song do you want to hear? Anything you got, Bobby. Okay. It's your call. Chaser, way down in New Orleans. That's where that gal was last seen. Oh yeah, you know she left me cold. You know she hurt me so. There was something kept telling me I deep within. If I only start my reason, I'll be with her again. Yeah, I hopped in my heart and rode a racer. Yeah, couldn't help myself. I had to chase her. Across the desert sands Yeah, through that no man's land Oh, yeah It was day and night I couldn't sleep, I had to ride Because something kept telling me Deep within, if I only start my racing
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Where can you find the best tasting authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salad, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit Sweet islandvibes.com Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. The, the Cool, cool shop.com Okay, we're back. New tune into Nostalgic Radio Cars, and in a few minutes, we'll have another guest coming on the show, and we'll be talking about another auction that's going to be taking place out in Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, just to recap what Bobby and I did this past weekend, it was very, very cold and rainy this past weekend. However, our good friends up at National Parts Depot and all the Ford guys in the Southeast got together. They have their annual Silver Springs All Ford Show. So uh, we weren't exactly sure what to expect because Bobby and I left kind of early in the morning, and then by the time we got to uh, 50, which is State Road 50, and I-75, it was raining pretty good. So And it was like around 6.30 or something like that. And we were going to be there at 7, but we left late because the traffic was, or the, not the traffic, but the weather was bad. So anyway, long and short of it, we got there, and uh, it was cold, it was windy, and it was slightly damped. In spite of everything, they had a great show, a great turnout, a lot of late model Mustangs. Like a lot of the S197 cars, which is a 2005 up cars, a lot of 2015-16 cars, a lot of Shelbys, Boss 429s, Mach 1s, Mustang, Falcons, Comets, Torinos, Shelbys, obviously, uh, vintage ones. I mean, there was a good selection of cars. Now, the field was probably about half of what it normally would be, but keep in mind it was raining, so that kind of... Uh, you know, spooked a few people. In fact, we were joking around there because it was so cold and so windy. We were kind of like on Vendor's Row. We had our tent set up there, and Bobby and I were handing out uh, flyers and information on the radio show and on our appraisal business and our parts business and stuff. So we had a good time. It was good. It was fun. It was good to see us, some old friends. We hung out with uh, Pete Darguzzi from Heacock Insurance. And uh, so, you know, and some of the other people that we've seen in the past, and Rick Schmidt and Chris Dunn from Lincoln Land. So it was a pretty good show. And, um, Oh, yeah, and, 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 of course, a big special shout-out to uh, Derek up there at National Parts Depot. And uh, he was a guest on our show last week, and we talked a little bit about the uh, upcoming or this past All Ford Show at Silver Springs, and they were gracious enough to give us a tent and chairs and, and a table. So, again, a big shout-out and a big special thanks to our good friends up there at National Parts Depot, especially Derek and Rick Schmidt. And remember, that's where you want to go if you want to buy parts for your 
Mustang, Camaro, Chevelle, Trans Am, or classic American cars, including Ford Broncos. So everybody had a pretty good time. There was a couple of, yeah, that's right, 50s cars were there. A lot of Lincolns were there. Chris drove a 68 Lincoln up there. It was a pretty nice old coupe, two-door coupe. Uh, there was a 59 there or 60 Lincoln, uh, a couple 55, 56 Fords, 55, 56 Mercury's. And uh, so overall, it was a pretty good show. But I'll tell you what was really cool is they had a really good band playing there. And you know, we just had uh, John Kramer on, and uh, John is uh, kind of a guitar guy, Fender guy, plays a lot of the early Dick Dale and Venturi stuff and, uh, you know, Beach Boy music and stuff like that of the early 60s. But uh, they had a band up there, and one of the guys that I met had a couple old vintage guitars and an, an amp that uh, belonged to uh, the original members of the uh, Birds band. And uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. It was kind of stamped, and he had it there. And that's kind of cool. You know, when, like we are talking in the car business, you know, driver condition. You know, I don't want a perfectly restored car. I don't want a piece of junk, but I want something that's got a little patina to it, runs and drives. Well, guitars or musical instruments, we always call those, it's in player condition. So it's got the patina, it's got the wear, it's got the vibe. You know, and older instruments have, have a feel to them. It's kind of like cars. If it's an original car, it's got a feel to it, you know. And uh, so it's pretty cool, and, and we got to make some new friends up there. The band, like I said, was really, really good. And they played a lot of country rock, you know, so they played a lot of uh, Molly Hatchet, Blackfoot, um, Leonard Skinner, and uh, Allen Brothers stuff. And uh, so the one guy that was there was actually into vintage guitars, but he kind of hung around a lot of those guys out of the 70s. And uh, in two weeks, they're going to have the uh, Guitar Expo in Orlando. And uh, so we're going to have Morty Beckman back on, and it's going to be the, uh, the the evening of the 24th. That's in two weeks. And uh, we might have um, the gentleman that I met there, Mike, and uh, we'll talk about guitars and some of the people he's kind of hung around. So he's got some pretty good history and some good connections, and, and he can talk to talk and walk to walk on musical instruments. Now, I think we're going to have one of our guests come on the line here in a few minutes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to button up. Bobby's going to play a little music, then we're going to play our clip, and then we're going to introduce our next uh, alumni guest. So, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgia Getting Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
What the hell is this? Agent Denham, that is a 1963 Ferrari 250 GT Luso, owned and raced by the coolest cat who ever lived, Steve McQueen. This was his baby, and now it's my baby. You got Steve McQueen's car parked in your living room? And here I thought you were an ass. I paid a million for it 10 years ago. I wouldn't sell it for 10 times that. We're 65 stories up. How do we get out of here? You don't. This car was taken apart piece by piece and reassembled inside this room. Well, this car will eventually be sold at auction with the rest of your belongings. Only if I'm guilty, Agent Denham, which I'm not. Hey, this is Dennis Gage from the TV show My Classic Car, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's uh, time to introduce our next special guest, uh, an alumni guest, I might add. He's not only an author, but he's also the PR marketing director for the prestigious... Bonham's Auction. I'm delighted to welcome back to Nostalgic Rating Cars, Jared Zaug. Jared, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How, How are you doing? doing, guys? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm well. That's good. Uh, I apologize for being late calling you, but I, I, my writing is so bad, he misdialed. So I, that was my fault. Otherwise, would have had you on three minutes ago. <laughs> That's okay. We're all here now, right? We're all here now. Okay, so what's Bonham's got uh, cooked up for us uh, this year in Scottsdale? Tell us about it. All right. Without uh, too much hyperbole, probably the best auction they've ever hosted in Scottsdale before, which is uh, now in their sixth year, and it is incredible. It even, I think, supersedes some of the auctions they host in Carmel at the Quail Lodge during the uh, Monterey Car Week, Pebble Beach Car Week. I mean, it's it's very impressive. There is a little bit for everyone. I think all tastes, all vintages, all models, but I think probably what's got most people's attention is the the uh, the quality of kind of stratospheric cars they've got the the cars of pedigree of provenance of rarity they've got gosh for example um they've got 19 ferraris that they will be offering and some of them are just exquisite and i'll give you a quick example of one the ex mila milia 24 hours of le mans scuderia ferrari spider uh 340 america vignali spider uh, that's going to be offered for sale. They've also got a uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off car, which everybody seems to know about, and and says, oh yeah, yeah, that, that that's from the movie, right? Well, it has a little bit more uh, pedigree than uh, being the model that appeared in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Although this was not that actual car, the car that they used in the movie, of course, was a replica. Because remember what happened at the end of the movie? Yeah, it got destroyed. Yeah, it goes through the plate glass window and into the trees and destroyed. <laughs> that, of course, was not a real California spider, but we do have a real California spider. Um, we've got so many more. We've got Magnum P.I.'s car. We've got um, the, um, let's see, it's, I, I want to get the year right, but it's the 1984 308 GTS that Tom Selleck drove in the hit show's fourth season. So, that's a quick snapshot of some of the Ferraris. I mean, there are so many more. But we've also got nearly a dozen Porsches. And the Porsche that's leading that group is the 904 GTS, which is an amazing original condition. And as anyone who knows these cars knows, these cars were raced. They were used. That's what they were built for. And that's 
how they should have been employed. But this car was put away shortly after being acquired and is remarkably original. And these cars, because they were used so well, uh, you don't find them in this kind of original condition, or it's very rare if you do. And so this is a real standout car. It uh, was originally delivered to Florida, where you are, but then it was acquired by a European collector in Northern Europe, where it's been in a private collection for many a year and is really just exemplary. Um, we've got incredible Mercedes-Benz, Alfa Romeos, uh, but in addition to all of the exotic cars from the Porsches and Alphas and Ferraris and Mercedes and so forth, we also have just some great uh, kind of, uh, here's an example, uh, Renault R5 Turbo 2. These little uh, quirky rally cars, which um, have kind of been appealing to a niche audience for many a year, have all of a sudden uh, hit the radar, and they seem to be quite popular now. And we've done a good job as Bonhams in representing a few of these at auction. We've got this other one that's coming up in Scottsdale, and you just don't see them on this side of the pond very much because it was always kind of a, uh, a European flavor. And um, they just, we, we, we weren't, as Americans, we weren't into rally uh, in the same way the Europeans were, and we certainly weren't into uh, the uh, French cars, and there just aren't very many of these around. They are fun, they are fast, and they are appealing to a whole new audience, which is, you know, kind of exciting to see. Um, gosh, what else? Oh, here's another one that's gotten a lot of interest. The Rambo Lambo. You know what that is? No, tell me. <laughs> right. Rambo Basically, Lambo. Does that uh, have to do? It was owned by Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> no. No? But it is uh, it's Lamborghini's effort at a SUV in the late 1980s, and they took a Countach V12 motor, and they put it into this uh, SUV, and it was basically an SUV on steroids, even before SUV became a household name. So you've got this 4x4 truck with a Countach V12 engine producing 440 horsepower, a top speed of 125 miles per hour. I mean, it's just insane, and of course, when it came out, uh, it quickly got the nickname, which I think was kind of derisive at the time, the Rambo Lambo. But uh, now these, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the most sought-after off-road classics in the world. And uh, you just don't see very many of those. Um, what else? We've got a really, really, I mean, here we've been talking about really incredible exotic cars, some little quirky cars. Here's just a good standard American beauty, a 1946 Chrysler Town & Country convertible. I mean, the ashwood is beautiful. It's been restored. It is, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just lovely inside and out. It's that bulletproof post-war American engineering, or engineering and build quality. Um, as one of the guys, uh, we got a comment on, on our, our, our Instagram page which is by the way bonham's motoring uh it's cory one of the at the fox station in in scottsdale he wrote this is how chrysler said welcome home boys let's start living again and i thought that was such a great caption for a car like this it just kind of represents 
that optimistic, can-do spirit of America post-war. So from American cars to uh, even some classic Japanese to a lot of European exotic cars, for just about every price point, we have a really, really nice selection. And I have not been excited about our Scottsdale sale as much as this ever. It's just really, really quite, uh, quite impressive. So I am looking forward to heading out there next week. And anybody that's in the area needs to stop by and take a look at the cars, even if uh, they don't plan on bidding, just so that they can see some of these cars in the flesh. Or go online to uh, bottoms.com slash Scottsdale and take a look to see what there is. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, unusual cars for your auction. Okay, one I noticed is a 1976 Ford Bronco. That's kind of unusual for you guys. Yeah, yeah. And, Great example. Uh, yeah, and the other car that I thought was kind of interesting was the Honda Civic. Now, Honda Civic. <laughs> you, okay, go ahead, go ahead. The reason yeah. I'm bringing this up is, is because as an appraiser and a dealer and stuff like that, I often get asked, well, you know, I can't afford these expensive cars, so what should I be looking for? And I said, something unusual, something different, something that was popular at the time, you know, pulp culture type kind of cars, okay? And, uh-huh. yeah, the Bronco certainly fits that profile. Definitely the Honda Civic. Remember the commercial back in the day where they paralleled a, the Honda Civic to an apple? You know, they said an apple holds <laughs> two worms, uh, a apple and a, uh, and a Honda Civic holds four people. And you've got a TR7 on here, too. That's another. That was kind of like uh, we joke and refer to that as the doorstop back in the day, you know, because it had that wedge yeah. look. Yeah. But these are affordable cars that people can still buy, have a lot of fun, and they still are classic cars. Well, what I love, I'm glad you brought up the Honda Civic and the Ford Bronco. I mean, well, the Ford Bronco, I mean, that's just, that is just a staple, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it, is a, it is a legend, and it's an, it's a, an attainable legend. Uh, the Honda Civic, I laugh because when I was growing up, that was the car that, if you were lucky enough to have a car in high school, that was the type of car you had. <laughs> uh, it was inexpensive. It was economical, it was reliable, and if that's what you, I mean, if you were lucky enough to get wheels, many times you had a Honda Civic. And I remember my roommate in college had a Honda Civic, and uh, it quickly got crashed, but it just kept on running. And, I mean, I don't think we gave much love to those cars, and I think that that is kind of how most of them were treated. They were just, you know, practical, uh, utilitarian and so to see a car now in an auction surrounded by all these other cars, I mean, we've got this little yellow 1977 Honda Civic, and the estimate is 15000 to 25000 which makes me smile because that means that people are giving these attention, and they've certainly earned it, you know, under the radar, quietly, but they have, they have certainly earned the attention. It's nice to see them getting their due. It's not necessarily my cup of tea, but but clearly, I mean, it's uh, it's worth it. And then at the opposite spectrum, you've got another yellow car, which is a Ferrari Enzo, which is I think the estimate on that is about three million dollars. So you could have a little yellow car from Japan, or you can have another <laughs> yellow car from Italy. You know, several decades later, and we've got everything in between. So it's really kind of nice. Very. And and wait a minute. And I know you're a motorcycle guy, and we got a minute or two left. You have a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. cute little Italian Sophia Loren style Lambretta. Oh gosh, yes, 
There are, uh, we've got a couple scooters. Um, we've got, um, let's see here. Okay, no, we've just got the one. Pardon me. I, I was thinking of a couple of other auctions we've got going on. We've got our Las Vegas motorcycle auction happening at the end of this month as well, the week after Scottsdale. So we have a lot going on. But yeah, we've got a 1960 Lambretta. And those are really cool scooters. Uh, they, I think, in my opinion, have uh, as much or more character than the Vespas. Of course, they're a little bit lesser known, so they're a little bit more exotic. They always turn heads. I mean, if if you if you were ever interested in a scooter and kind of that, you know, Dolce Vita type of thing, you know, the uh, Gregory Peck, Audrey Hepburn, although they were on a Vespa, I mean, you couldn't go wrong with uh, with a Lambretta. And interesting with those as well. Um, Values are going up, interest is going up, and they are, you know, they steadily, you look from a few years ago, they, uh, and, and each year they seem to increase more and more. So, you know, that's a good thing for the people that have always ridden and cared for them and collected them and, uh, you know, kind of been the stewards of the Lambretta Vespa scene. So I think that's a very positive thing. Well, yes, I can, can't concur with you more. Now, we're up against the clock right now, so, Jerry, why don't you go ahead and okay. give out the information, and don't forget to mention the, uh, the Amelia Island Bottoms auction, too, real quick. So we've got a couple seconds left here. Go ahead. For the Scottsdale auction, which takes place in Scottsdale, Arizona, next week on Thursday, the best source of information by far and the easiest, from catalogs, registering to bid, to see all the lots, everything you want to know is just simply go to the website. And that's very easy. That is Bonhams, which is Bonhams, so bonhams.com slash Scottsdale. Daddy. And then the same with Amelia Island, which takes place in March. Uh, again, it's on a Thursday. All of our auctions are on Thursdays, so they usually precede the weekend events. So for Amelia Island, that's just simply bonhams.com slash Amelia. And then for our bike lovers out there, the Las Vegas motorcycle auction at the end of this month, that's bonhams.com slash Vegas. Super. Jared, thank you very much for coming on, and we'll definitely oh, get you on again. As always. And uh, you take care. I'll see you next week when we get out to Scottsdale. In the meantime, I want to thank my yeah, special guest. Yeah, look forward to it. Okay. My All right. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Uh, Jared Saug from Bottoms Auction. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully. And, hey, if you need your shoes fixed, give my buddy over there at Midway Shoe Repair a big shout-out to Jacob, okay? His number is 727-581-2166. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and we'll see you at Meekums. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.